0: Now I can record both places. So welcome to the Connie G Show. Um, yeah, I don't feel well. You know, you get to these points, and you guys have all had them. We've all done this, where something that you ate is disagreeing with you. Something that you ingested is disagreeing with you.
1: But uh, you eat so much bad stuff sometimes that it could be anything. I mean, it could be my fault. It could be yesterday, you know, we, I was craving buffalo wings and pizza, frozen pizza. And I know that's risky right now. I get it. There's a recall going on with, with half the damn frozen pizzas on the market right now.
0: But I still went ahead and I risked it. So. Could be that. Um, could be the wings. I cooked them. You know, I tried to cook them in the oven, then I tried to cook them. I was going to grill them, which I tried. It was raining out, so the grill didn't work great. And then I was going to
1: um, put them back in the oven, put them in the air fryer. They, ter- they turned out okay, but it took about 14 different steps and they're not even chicken wings they were drumsticks because apparently there's a chicken wing shortage going on so point is it could be that it could be um, you know I had a salad bar lunch today and there was some questionable noodles I ate
0: at it so that's possible could just be the water whatever it is it's I don't know if you're like me, but every once in a while you have a feeling you might have an accident. That's how I feel. So, I might have an accident. You know, wouldn't be the first time. That's why it's called an accident I didn't make up the word. It's good to be here, though, back in the shed. Um, You know, it was good to see Shannon today. We got a lot of
1: interesting things to, to tell you guys about when we can. And I can't wait to tell you it's a big day tomorrow for that. A little bit nervous about it, but not, you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. So there's no sense in getting super duper nervous. But just ready to continue moving the ball down the court or moving the ball up the field or whatever the phrase is that you're supposed to say,
0: you know, to prove that you. Are an adult in this life. So I'm, I'm working on those things.
1: I didn't feel particularly great yesterday either. I did a lot of, um,
0: just a lot of thinking. And, uh, okay, I have a few notes and I don't know how much I can get to. Hmm. I watched a lot of news. I watched a lot of news yesterday, Um, whether it be CNN.
1: I finally got up on that Today Show. Uh, It's been a while since I revisited that. They're out of touch. You know, they don't know what's going on. But it seemed that everybody yesterday was talking about this: the rocket, the Artemis rocket, that was gonna. um, It wasn't taking anybody to the moon. It was a test flight to see if NASA can still make a rocket that can go into outer space and eventually get to the moon, and, and I guess that's the plan. They're wanting to take people to the moon. I don't know why. It's, it's billions and billions of dollars that this thing is, like, over budget, um, and it was every news station was talking about why it didn't launch yesterday, and apparently there was... An engine failure, and if you watched as much news about it as I did, you know a lot about the R25 engine, and, and the fuel was supposed to be a certain temperature, and it didn't reach that temperature, so they had to you know, stop the takeoff. They, they couldn't do it, stop the countdown, and then it's like, well, we might be able to launch it Friday. If not Friday, then Monday, and if not Monday,
0: could be months. We're not sure, and I don't know. Testing something that costs billions of dollars to ultimately send something that costs
1: billions of dollars up into space to go to a place that we've already been that we're not learning anything by doing seems kind of like a waste. You know, and it's like we're wanting to put this national pride in it. I don't even know if NASA is going to be the one that actually does it because they had a couple of those waterheads on there today talking about, well, you know, they're hoping that the private companies, the SpaceXs of the world, will, you know, want to be involved in it as it, the program moves forward, privatizing
0: it. It's like, guys, what you're doing has no impact. I mean, you're, you're doing something, you can't just keep being like, yeah, we're going to
1: build a rocket and go to Outers, but we've done that, dude. Yeah, I think Elon Musk sent a car out there, so it's floating around. It's zipping around out there. When I say we, I mean the country. I've done none of it. I've, you know, I've built a rocket, I think, you know, or made something out of a two-liter bottle one time, but I've never, you know, it, it shot up pretty good, and I was impressed, and that was fine. I was good. I was done because I told myself, well, what if I make one that goes further? And somebody around me was like, well, what are you going to do if it gets out there?
0: And I'm like, I don't know, nothing. Then why would you do it? Just to see if I can do it. And that seems like what NASA does. You know, not all space. I don't know what it stands for. But to send a rocket that costs billions of dollars
1: to have it come crashing down to start over again. What are you guys, what are we doing? And maybe that's not how any of this works because maybe they're just shooting it up. It it looks like it goes into outer space and then it zips over to New Mexico and then they grab it. I don't know. You know, I'm not convinced we ever went. Sorry. I'm not trying to be a damn moon denier either. I get labeled that all
0: the time. Oh, there goes Conrad, local podcaster, national moon denier. But I'm just saying, dude, it seems kind of fishy. You know, Russia's in the news. Yeah, they're at war with Ukraine.
1: Huh, weird, you know. But what, what did we do last time when we were talking about Russia? We, don't have, we can't have a new Rocky movie come out. We can't have Rocky Four come out to solve the damn Cold War. So what do we do, you know? If I can change, you can change. We all can change. You know? So, hey, let's build a rocket. Where do we go? Well, where did we go last time we united this country? The moon let's go there meanwhile the private ones are like we're going to mars i mean richard branson i think is on the moon right now he took a hot air balloon up there drinking coffee
0: so here's an idea if you're a rocket scientist to me that it
1: means you eclipsed no pun intended you eclipsed all of the other science uh That you could have gotten involved in. You know what I mean? You could have focused, rather than on rocketry, you could have focused on um, medical or all these different things. Biological science, I don't know. And we have a lot of problems going on that maybe we could use your assistance in a different field. You know, be like, dog, I know you like rockets and stuff, but every time you shoot one up, nobody cares. You know, nothing happens down here. Because we live on, I don't know if you know this, we live on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, and if we can't take everybody with us on that rocket and colonize the moon, and if the majority, like 99.9% of humanity and the remainder of humanity for the remainder of time has to stay on this planet, and we got a bunch of problems going on on this planet right now, maybe we could just sit down here and kind of figure these out just a little bit. You know, maybe, I get it, dude, rockets are fun. But maybe if we're going to take billions of dollars,
0: maybe we should solve some stuff on our planet. Maybe. I'm not trying to be... You know, I'm a I'm a
1: restaurateur. I'm a landscaper. But I don't get a government grant to go mow, you know, grass in outer space. I'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some grass in some other planets. I'd like to trim that up for those planets, you know. And I feel like... The government would be like, well, but nobody lives there, and I'd say, yeah, but you know, it's my job. Ju- that's what I do. Can you give me some money to go do my thing? And maybe they'd say, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We'll find out some stuff about, you know, come to find out, cutting grass on Mars is a lot like cutting grass here, you know. Yeah, I'm a restaurateur. I make tacos for a living. I'm a grill cook, but I don't serve them on Earth. I just do moon moon tacos. Well.
0: Who gets to eat them? Nobody. Well, how does that help anything? It doesn't. That's NASA, dude. It doesn't help. And I know what they'd
1: say, you know, if Buzz Aldrin knew where I lived, he'd come down here and sucker punch
0: me. But, I say bring it on. Bring it on, dude. I'd like for you to sit down and tell me all the reasons, all all the things that NASA has done that has helped our trajectory.
1: Because, as far as I know, you know, we still using ships and trains to get all this packaging here, and then we put them on trucks and we drive a bunch of makeup kits and, and you know, freezer meals to people's houses. And that's what people do. The new cell phone, you got new, some new Airbuds, you know, whatever, ear pods and freezer foods. And that's what people want. Put some stuff on my TV, so we need the satellites. So what, however you guys are doing that, stealing it from a different country, I don't know how you're making the, the TV shows, but keep it up. And then also, you know, make sure that I get my, my Simply Freshes, because I like to microwave my food, and then make sure, like, if I get a makeup kit or I want some Air Buds, I can get them, or some,
0: maybe some new shoes. Free shipping. that's America. That's America, dude, but that's not all of America. Um,
1: There's also Nebraska. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Nebraska. It is north of Kansas and south of South Dakota, right there in the middle there, kind of sandwiched. So if um, I kind of picture like North Dakota being a piece of mm, sourdough bread, North Dakota's
0: sourdough bread, and then South Dakota is lettuce. Nebraska is the mayonnaise. Kansas is the ham. Oklahoma is the tomato. Maybe Kansas can be the
1: bacon. Oklahoma can be the tomato. and, And Texas can be that bottom
0: slice of bread. But there's a gentleman in Nebraska that. Was a pumpkin farmer. Uh,
1: (laughs) That was his life, dude. And that makes more sense than going to space. But he was a pumpkin farmer. And he wanted to grow a pumpkin that he could carve out, get inside, and then
0: paddle it for miles. Some world record. Got the story here. So. If you're not hip to this knowledge, dude, sorry. But over the weekend, the Nebraska Cornhuskers went to Ireland to play football
1: against the Northwestern, I don't know, whatever they are, Grizzlies. I, I don't know what their mascot is. Northwestern. So they get there. They're supposed to win. I think they beat Northwestern by 50 points last year. And they're supposed to be a better team. They got some transfers. They've had a head coach, the Scott Frost guy, who looks like um,
0: a mixture of John Cena and uh, give me a good give me a good white flat top guy,
1: Dolph Lundgren, I guess. You know, looks real real Russian. And um, so they get to Ireland. They they you know wander around there, just a bunch of people. Bunch of Nebraskans, big foreheads, wandering around Ireland trying to use cash, you know, but get a real taste of the culture. A lot of these people probably have roots back there in Ireland, so that's cool. Um, but they get to the stadium and they start playing football and come to find out um, they're not that good anymore. They're about the same as they were. I think they won like four games last year and they're about the same. As they were last year. And they, lost, they ended up losing this game. 31-28. to 28. And I didn't watch the game. The whole entire game. I did watch the. Because they replayed it last night. I watched the. Probably first six minutes of the game. They looked good on their first drive. And then. But here's the issue bud. I can fix it for you. If you want me to. I could. You know. Uh, I watched your defense.
0: And eight of the players. On your defense or Caucasian. That's the problem, guys. Not saying they don't play hard, not saying
1: that they don't, you know, have a lot of heart, but if you want to win an athletic competition in this country, I'm sure if these Nebraskans had lined up in Ireland and played a bunch of Irish people, they'd be a lot better than them. You know, I don't know how much American football Ireland's playing. I'm sure they got a league somehow, but if you're going to play Northwestern or any other football team that is based in America, collegiately,
0: the athletes that they're going to have are predominantly black and better athletes than white. And that's, I mean, I'm just saying if you want to be more competitive, Look at your roster, and then change it. That'll fix a lot of that problem. You'll probably win a few more games. That's my opinion. And I only base that off of the fact that um, every other team that I see that wins, usually, and when I say usually, I mean every time,
1: black players are winning those games. They're better athletes at football. I don't know why they were. God wanted, you know, them to be better at football. I guess blessed them with these amazing talents that, no matter coaching or um, spirit or drive, I mean, every once in a while you'll find. Sure, there's a Wes Welker mixed in. You know, there's a Christian McCaffrey that that can that can run the ball. Those are called anomalies. They're not the rule. The rule is. You want to win, get the best athlete. The best athlete in this country is black American. That's the best football athlete that we have. So go for it, I say. I mean, try your best. But you have better chance of carving out a pumpkin if you're a Nebraska Caucasian and floating down the river like this guy did. He floated... Forty miles down the Missouri River in a eight hundred and forty six pound pumpkin is what he ended up doing. And when people like so a Nebraska man celebrated his sixtieth birthday last week by floating down the Missouri River in an eight hundred and forty six pound pumpkin named Berta. Likely setting a new world record in the process. Dwayne Hansen I, I went to school to, to
0: Hansen. Not the the great musical band, but with a Hanson, nonetheless. Um, He grew the giant gourd
1: himself and set off on a 38-mile water journey on Thursday morning from Bellevue, Nebraska to Nebraska City, Nebraska in an effort to squash, ha, 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 the previously held 25-mile pumpkin paddle record. Hanson's nearly 40-mile odyssey, if officially verified by Guinness World Records, would
0: cement him as the world record holder for longest journey by pumpkin boat. Berta, the gourd boasted
1: a circumference of 146 inches and once Hansen scooped out the insides of the pumpkin there was enough room for him to take it out enough room for him to take his mount inside officials with the city of Bellevue on Facebook announced Hansen's arrival in Nebraska City last week at the conclusion of his 11-hour trip congratulations duane for smashing the world record the city wrote We are proud that you started this record-breaking 38-mile journey in Bellevue, and it's been fun to follow along. Bellevue officials said in the Post that they hadn't originally realized that Hanson himself would be accompanying the pumpkin down the river. Upon his arrival, Hanson's daughter, Morgan, told News Channel Nebraska that she was proud of her dad. I never thought he could do it. He always wanted to float the pumpkin down the river. (laughs) And I'm proud of him. He did it. He's 60, and he always said by the time I turned 65,
0: I better have floated a pumpkin down the Missouri. Just how much he loved floating. He loved pumpkins. And Nebraska. He's always said that you can do anything you want, and how you can, and how
1: can you not believe somebody who goes out and does exactly what he wants. And I'm just so proud.
0: All right. Hanson's journey
1: wasn't all smooth sailing, though. He had to traverse rocky shores and shallow sand. Yeah, dog, the world is drying up. You're going to float a 850-pound
0: pumpkin down a river? Have you seen a river in America lately? Here's what a river in America is. Sand. There used to be water. Now it's sand. Because somebody turned the heater on and, and stopped putting rain on it. So either he risked tipping in the water. He made it, though. The point is he made it. And he said,
1: I ain't going to do this again. I'm done with this. Really? You're done paddling pumpkins down a river?
0: It took you till 60 to be done with that? Come on, man. Come on, Hanson. But that's Nebraska, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's Nebraska. Carving a pumpkin and floating in it? That's Nebraska. And that's why they'll never be good at football.
1: That's why they'll never go to space, dude. You go to Nebraska and you talk about the space program, you're going to get punched in the face. Not by a Buzz Aldrin either.
0: By a pumpkin man. By a pumpkin man. That's what you're going to get punched by. Space? What's that? <clears throat> pumpkin. You know?
1: We just floated a pumpkin 40 miles you're talking about space? What is it? I'm from
0: Nebraska. Get out of here. I'll, I'll catch you. It's like, no, you won't. <laughs> you won't. I've seen you guys play. I'll be fine. So, you know, great effort, though, um, not only by the man who achieved his goal, but by the Nebraska
1: Cornhuskers
0: and their attempt to um, be competitive on the field of battle this past weekend, the, the gridiron. I'll tell you something that I got to watch though. After
1: turning off that despicable football performance, and um, my daughter's been she she kind of she was watching Encanto, I think Disney Plus, and my son was watching a Marvel movie. And you know, usually I'll I'll hang in there, and and I will watch a Disney movie with the kids, and I'll watch a. Marvel movie with my boy because he really gets into it and we discuss it a lot. But after I've already seen them a couple times, the same movie, and they're re watching because that's what children do, um, it's like, I got to go. So I went to the, the bedroom and laid down on the bed and, and just kind of relaxed and, and watched adult or whatever I wanted to watch, which was kind of nice. It was a little bit
0: a nice change. You know, I didn't have to wait till 11 p.m. To, to choose my station. And I watched um, the John Madden
1: documentary that come out right before he died, that he got to actually, he was in it, clearly, but he was in it as himself at the time of the viewing. So he got to watch the, you got to watch him watch this, which was, I thought was an interesting way to, to tell his story and. Most of it was just re it was a very nostalgic uh, documentary. You know, sometimes you'll get some where you learn a lot about somebody or a subject or something, but this was more re reminding you of the impact that this man had on the sport of, of football and just the connection that he had as a broadcaster with his other broadcasters and his really his connection with the game and advertising and how great he was at all that. And I just thought it was a cool game. I I do not want to get, I know I can't help it, and I say that now as a young man, but, you know, that man was gigantic. Gosh, that guy was big. Not just like a robust man, like a heavy set man. I mean, the shoulders and the back of that gentleman are gigantic. I mean, you could float him down a Missouri River back in the day. I bet if you carved out John Madden, you could make it 60, 70 miles down the Missouri River, if you're from Nebraska, you know. If you put a couple rocket engines on him, that guy's got the body to get through an atmosphere. I'd
0: believe it then, and I'd fund that. The dude was just gigantic, and you didn't, because although in his,
1: maybe his early broadcasting days at CBS, or even once they switched to Fox, and he's an older gentleman, I mean, he's already coached, he's already played, he's, he's an older guy, probably in his 60s at that time. But the the shots of him in the booth don't give good context into how enormous this man was. But when he was walking into restaurants and a lot of the footage they were showing of him on the bus and walking into restaurants and all that stuff, it's like, geez, Louise. You know, he had a presence when he walked through the room. It's like, yeah, because a mountain just walked in. You know, that's a presence, baby. And I like it when people are he reminds me a lot of uh my dad's buddy or a family friend, my dad's old partner and who is that very similar um, cadence, very similar well maybe not similar in, in the way that it's a mimic of John Madden, just that the way that as a big guy when he would walk in a room, he knew all eyes were kind of on him and he had a sense of humor and a way of delivery that made you kind of put you back at ease, that is this guy going to be a, a problem, you know? And I think John Madden kind of just naturally had to do that. and People were always amazed at his skill behind the camera, but I think a lot of that had to do with that if you're that big of a person, um, you have to get used to setting – everyone you meet is your audience when you're that big because everyone's amazed that you exist as a giant that walks among earth. And so you have to have a way of speaking that makes them feel comfortable to be around you. And that's what he, you know, he did that his whole life and then used it in his broadcasting career and, and his friendships and stuff. And it was just, I thought it was a really good uh, documentary. If you haven't watched it, it seems that they're replaying it. Here is the, the lead up to this new football season is happening. And I would recommend that you watch it. But another thing that, because well, here's what's great. Um, I stole. I hacked and stole into my sister's YouTube TV. Is what I, I was watching. So it's like having television again. So I get to flip around channels, and I forget that that was speaking of nostalgia. That was my favorite thing to do when I had cable. There was a brief moment in my adult life where I lived at. Um, the Blumpkin in in Hayesville, Kansas, and I'd bought it from my brother. My brother still lived there. It was like kind of this wild, you know, uh, party house in the middle of the wrong side of the tracks—a tiny little hut that we redid. And, anyways, at some point when I started getting more serious with uh, my now wife, and she was staying over more, and we were going to buy the house and all that stuff and probably have to kick out the roommates and be adults and all that stuff. But before we did that, I got um, AT&T verse TV, and I had it just in my room. It was mine, so I had cable in my room. I wasn't paying for the remainder of the house, and I had a window unit in my room, and I called it the Oasis. You know, and I had it all set up, you know. So if you came over to the house, sure, you're going to see some stuff you don't want to see. You know, you're going to see a passed out, uh, probably adolescent person there that, that had been overserved. You're going to see some some dishes and some stuff, some maybe some rotting stuff. You know, they're going to have some smells when you walk in. That's going to happen. But come over to the Oasis. You know, if you walk into my room, it's like walking into a hotel room. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> probably overselling it a bit. But I do remember, like, on rainy days or, you know, getting home from, from cutting grass all day, just clicking on that U-verse TV and just, oh, never watching anything. That was so great. Just flicking channels. Like, what are you going to watch? I don't know. You know, I'm going to do this for about two hours and probably fall asleep. And that's what I would do. And I'd watch, like, three minutes of something. You know, get just the gist of it. And so I felt like I got to relive that yesterday a little bit. And it was fun. And I'm when I get done doing this and I get these uploaded, I'm gonna go do it tonight. That's gonna happen. Um
0: so one of the channels I stumbled on and only stayed for a minute. It was called Um It's like French Cooking. It's on a, some sort of cooking channel, but French cooking. I thought, <laughs> these idiots don't know how to cook. Let's see what they're doing. And so it takes you to this guy's um,
1: kitchen in France, I'm assuming, could be anywhere, could be New Mexico, but he said it was a kitchen in France, and he is making a cheesecake, is what he's making for this episode's recipe. So, when I tuned in, he was, with his hands, crumbling up all the the uh, graham cracker. He's crumbling all that up and, and putting it in the bowl, make it real. He's like, that's the text. That's the texture you want. Didn't have a, I don't know a French accent, didn't have a great woman. That's the texture you want right there, you know. He's wearing a sweater, you know. I don't think they, he lived in a beautiful home, um, and I don't think they even use central heat and air over there. It's, it's all, you know, open. They don't believe in that kind of crap. So that's the texture you want. And then he, he kind of put it in this little cake tray that had a clamp on it. That's how you make it, I guess. You clamp it and then you fill it up with and he was going to, he made his out of goat milk because he has a goat farmer lives right down the road, he said. And so <laughs> the best part about this, I don't even know how you find it, but I hope you do because it cuts to like, yeah, I could use cow's milk and I, lo- I love cheesecake with cow's milk but I also like uh, cheesecake with goat's milk really it gives it a different texture i don't even know if i've I've had goat cheese it's awful but goat's milk maybe it's not i don't know but maybe that's a french thing but then he says i also get my butter locally he got a butter guy and that's where that's where you want to get if you're an american that thinks that you've made it like whatever you have it doesn't matter if you have um you know stock option all these different things you're you what what your equity is, you know, how much, how much liquid capital do you have? You know, people say this kind of crap. I don't know. All I know is if, if there's ever a day I got a butter guy, I've made it, dude. I'm in butter. I'm butterman, you know. And he's, <laughs> he's like, I get it. And he, they hadn't shown the butter yet. Like, I, I get all my butter from down the road, too. I've got a butter guy. And I thought, what's this guy do? He opens up the fridge and he pulls out this. It's not a stick of butter, dude. It is a pile he got a pile of butter on a, on a big tray and he sets it down. He's like, So, what you're going to want to do is you're going to just get this buttermilk. And he, you're only going to need about half a cup, he says. And when he said it, if you were, have ever got a stick of butter, right? And it's those normal little Nebraska football player size
0: wiener sticks of butter. It's about five inches of butter. If you've ever read the little
1: notes on it, it's got cup marks on that butter saying that this whole stick is one cup of butter. And so a half would be half a stick. A little two and a half inch stick of butter would be half a cup. This Frenchman does not know that because he took what was had to have been three cups if you went by the stick measurement of butter. Just big old scoop out of this pile of butter, put it in this pot, got it melted down, um, and then mixed in Goat's milk, I don't know how he did it. It had a mixer and all kinds of crap involved. I kind of flipped in and out. But what the grossest part about this is, and I I love, so far I'm with him. I don't know about goat's milk, but if you're using that much butter, dude, we're on the same page. Um, But what got confusing is like, well, what do you top it with? And you think, at least my preference, I do enjoy cheesecake. I'm not a big sweets guy. Anyways, but if I
0: was to have a cake I like ice cream cake and I like I like cheesecake. And maybe just a bite. I could do a bite of either. So, I'm not the greatest guy to ask on this, but
1: this guy when I like I guess when I like mine, you know, you get the either nothing, plain or maybe just a drizzle of like strawberry or a drizzle of raspberry. Not even the actual fruit. I don't like that on the cake. I like just the drizzle. You know, just enough to cut into the, kind of the bitterness of
0: the cheese part, you know? So, he put his mold in the fridge. He's
1: like, perfect, now I can work on the topping. And all I need is, I got it right here, figs, dude. He went figs with it. (laughs) And I was like, my figure, what are you doing? I'd never seen a fig You know, I've seen Fig Newtons and I've talked about the figs on previous episodes, but he got the figs and he started cutting them up and these things look like rotten, um, basically they kind of on the outside, they look like rotten avocados or rotten plums and he cuts them open and in the inside, they look worse. They look like little lizards with seeds in there. I thought, is he going to mix it all together, mash them up, make a glaze or something? No, dude. He just quartered each fig, put them in a bowl and then took some simple syrup, put it on there. That's it. You know, I think he might have heated it up, reduced it down. I don't know. So when he gets this beautiful cheesecake and he cuts around it and he opens the clamp off the side of the cake and he pulls the silo up and you see his beautiful cheesecake sitting there, he then takes spoonfuls. I mean, this dude loves figs. Spoonfuls of these figs. And to where it's, you, can, you can't you can see the top of the cake. He's like, doesn't this look beautiful? And for what, for me, aesthetically, maybe I'm not French, maybe I don't understand aesthetics that they do, but it didn't look that way. It looked like you put a bunch of rotten grapes or something on top of a beautiful cheesecake. And at the end, he's like, then all I do is drizzle. I just drizzle some of that syrup on. You know, it's real figgy. It's like, dude, there's enough figs on there, but okay, at this point, what does it doesn't matter. You've ruined this cake. He cuts it into fours, okay? That's what he, because he had a real small, um, silo thing Cuts it into fours and he's like I'm going to take some down to And he said the name As if as an audience I should know who he's talking about So he walks And he walks I mean they edited it Like they showed him leaving his castle And walking down a path There's no cars in France Especially out in the country And he's walking down Eventually he gets to railroad tracks Walks across those And then eventually gets to this woman's um plantation and walks in, she's in the she's in the barn, you know, she's a she's a goat milker, so it must be where he gets his milk from. And he's like, Hey, Sandra, I made you a piece of cheesecake. Would you like to have some? You know, hands her the plate. She's like this woman looks she did not know T V was gonna be there that day. You know, she's wearing probably what she wears every day to milk goats, which is just torn pajama shorts and a torn tank top. And, she, you know, she's a French woman and she's a very country French woman. Very Nebraska-like French woman, I would say. Dirty, dirty knees and elbows. And, she, before she even bites it, mmm, so good. Like, that's, that's the French for you, dude. This guy walked three miles to carry you this this fig-ruined cheesecake. But at least, take a bite first. She did take a bite, and once she did, she's like, that actually is pretty good. It's like, yeah, you didn't have to be mean about it, you know. I didn't have to walk this seven miles to bring it to you. But she was mean and she ate, but she did She did have a couple more bites. So, and that turned it back to the John Madden thing. And I was like, there you go, man. That's the French. And you know what he's not thinking about is rockets. Nope. I don't know if France has ever been to space. But guess what? It's been around a lot longer than the United States. And it'll probably be around after because... They're not worried
0: about stuff that doesn't matter, dude. Wait a minute. What are we doing here? We're trying to get to the moon? For what? Is there anything up there? Is
1: there goats up there? Is there cheese up there? Is that thing made of cheese? Then I'm going. Is that moon made of cheese? You tell me that right now, because I'll go. (laughs) You're telling me it's made of dust? Then no, I'm not. I'm out. You can't breathe and it's made of dust? Why? are we going?
0: Just one observation. Um, The only other thing is, dude, Serena Williams, it's okay, you know, you were, you were the best that ever was, you are the best that ever will be, just, it's okay, you know, you're, you can be done, you know, she is built a lot like John Madden. And I think she's beautiful.
1: I think John Madden's beautiful, though. So, and I'm not French. But she is built a lot like John Madden. It's just so, it's, it's funny because if you look at the 20 years ago,
0: when she was, you know, 20. She doesn't seem, she still seemed more John madden
1: but But she seemed bigger. Than than the than the competitors that she was because there's no weight class in tennis. There's not like, maybe there should be because she might be one of our first. She's got a little bit of a testosterone problem, I think. Maybe not a problem, but a test, a difference, I would say, to her competitors. But now she walks out, you know, and I think they're playing like Jethro Tull or, uh, you know, Reich or something. I don't know what song they were playing as she walked into the U.S. Open uh, tennis, t- tennis match, but, you know, she took off one jacket, and I thought, well, maybe there's less person in there. You know, maybe that jacket, makes a big jacket. It wasn't, dude, It's was tight. And she took off the jacket, just still, just a ginormous woman, strong,
0: sturdy, powerful, but ginormous, and she started playing. You know, she started playing, it and I felt so
1: bad For the person that's against her because you got to be standing there being like, okay, I'm getting ready to play tennis against a woman. And I've seen her before, but then when she comes out there, she's got like, holy smokes, how in the world can I send a ball back? It'd be like like playing um, catch with Randy Johnson, you know what I mean? Like the big hurt, I think that was, or the big heat or whatever that guy's nickname was.
0: You know, this guy throws 120 miles an hour, and you're, you're eight. What? Go play catch with them? Is he going to take it easy on me? No. No. This is his last
1: match. <laughs> He's going to really try. I don't want to play, you know. But hats off to both of those women for doing their best out there. And I really, I didn't watch much of it. I was more intrigued in where this French guy was going with this pile of butter, but hats off to the tennis. Still going on. So, um, shout out to my boys down there in Mississippi, B farv I know you guys are flooding out. I don't know if if your farm's in at Favre, but hat, you know, keep your head above that water, dude. And then also find some water to drink, because apparently that's an issue too. So I mean the whole country is flooded this year. Nobody's talking about Or not enough, I don't think. The fact that the desert flooded, but it was also simultaneously the driest it's ever been and Lake Mead's drying up. The fact that Dallas was just underwater and now um, some town in Mississippi's underwater and it's like, should we be underwater right now? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it happens every year, but it seems weird. So I try not to read too much into that stuff or I read a lot into it. But either way. Um, I'm going to get out of here. If you guys like the show, thank you. That's step one. Step two is subscribe to it. You can subscribe on the Connie G Show, um, you know, on Spotify or iTunes. I'll release the audio. Sometimes the video. I don't know how that works. Um, you can subscribe to Con Radio on YouTube. You know, that's where this video episode will be at Con Radio. I put all the Connie G shows there. I put all those guys from Wichita's there. I put all of the um, Okay Taco Show there. And Monday morning papers or middle of the road papers. I need to um, talk with Coach Casey from those guys from Wichita. He hosts that show now. Him and TJ do a great job. And if they want to do, I, I got to, before they get so many episodes, I need to pull them onto con radio too. Um, it all kind of comes out of the same studios and creative. We're all buddies. And if it, any of that stuff can help each other, we should be doing it. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you like this show, you can subscribe to just this show, the Connie G Show. But if you like it so much, check out Con Radio. It's got this and everything else. So most of it's free. There is some premium content and we're going to be doing more and more premium content um in the future. But there will still always be a, a free side for everything. And um I appreciate all of you know, been getting a lot of views. Things for whatever reason I hit I hit the right rhythm on something. And so Hopefully that continues. It continues with your help. You know, we don't have um, anybody. There's no, I can't look at a producer. No, it's me. You know, it's Casey when he, when he's doing his show. It's, you know, me and Shannon when we're doing the OK Taco show. There's no, maybe that shows. It probably shows. But in order to change that, to start building jobs in this industry of creativity, we need your help. We need to know that we can do this. You know, and that that just is as simple as subscribing, reviewing, liking the show, sharing the show, and that's as that's as easy as it can be. So, you know, subscribe to the Connie G Show, um, subscribe to Con Radio if you haven't already, and uh, spread the
0: word. With that being said, don't let your meatloaf.